This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another season of Creativity and Compliance, always with Ronnie Feldman, who has his big smile as the Chicago Bears won last night. Uh, So all of those questions are answered. So, Ronnie, welcome back. It's the fall season of Creativity and Compliance. Okay, great. But I wanted to start this season with maybe going in uh, controversial or at least provocative even for us by asking you a series of questions along the lines of, are we really spending our money on the right things? Why don't we think about or talk about uh, prevention rather than focusing on detection? And why at the end of the day is an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure? So what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you, I mean, you said it a mouthful right there. Uh, you know, I I started Learnings Entertainment in 2016, so it's been seven or eight years. And before that, I was heading up the Second City business. That's another six, seven years. And the, the longer I'm in this space, you start to hear some things and you start to notice some patterns that I find kind of confounding. Um, I, I actually think that most programs, and I'll say it as politely as possible, but it's not going to be very polite. I think most programs are set up backwards. I feel like most programs are reactive and not proactive. Um, and I get that programs are maturing and moving, you know, in the right direction. But what I mean by what I mean by that, I mean it is. It's a little bit fast backwards because there, there, we're. If you look at how the money is spent. The, the money money is spent on things that are not preventative and proactive more often than not. I feel like, uh, well, let's sort of break it down. Uh, some of this is, is preventative and proactive. Like you do risk assessments, right? You've, this is a good thing. You point out where the problems are. You set up controls in place to try and flag, flag problems when they happen. Um, but I actually had a... a, a, a potential client talked to me and they just said, well, we would love to do more comms and awareness and and make our training shorter and better, but we had too many investigations this year. So we just don't have the money. And I'm the, my head's exploding. It's like, we don't have the money to prevent problems because we're spending so much time and money cleaning up problems. This is at the crux of what I'm talking about. And the, the training that we do is um, even if you look at how the big, the big vendors, you know, the, the big main uh, compliance training vendors, how they talk about the business, they talk about tracking and measurement so you can report to regulators. Now, I get, it's val- I get that it's valuable and important to collect information to report to regulators so that when bad things happen, because they will, because we're not preventing the problems, 
But when bad things happen, you will have data to show them that you did something. But starting there, you know, and like these other vendors do, they say like, yay, we have the best analytics to show that everybody did the thing. But that thing isn't effective. Because <laughs> um, if training is annual and long and boring and preachy and infrequent, like maybe you can even opt out, if it's infrequent, then by nature, it is ineffective. People come away bored and annoyed and feeling like you wasted their time. That's a net negative. You've undermined trust. You've undermined your um, ability to make connections and to start to create psychological safety, and you've wasted their time. And then think of all, think of all the time that companies spend tracking down completion rates. I ask every client this now. Uh, now I go, uh, um, so you do your training. How often do you spend tracking down completion rates? Well, you know, we have to send out the email, and then we have to get the one that goes to the managers, and then the managers got to send the email, and then they got to start calling people, and then they got to start uh, docking bonuses. This is a complete waste. Of it could be spent on things done positively and proactively. Because um, if you think about it, the reason they're not doing it is because you're bore, boring them and annoying them and scaring them, and they don't want to do it. So, uh, gosh, let me figure out how to end this rant. So it comes back down to the fact of, I think if you were starting from scratch, you would not build it this way. From scratch, you'd say, all right, what are the things that impact behavior that make people feel safe and supported? And then let's measure those things. And I have some thoughts about that, but let me just pause and get your reactions. You know, I want to take it in a completely different in direction and something that you, I don't think, would bring up yourself, which is the following. Learnings and Entertainment recently won three Telly Awards, I believe. Yeah. And the Telly Awards in your field are a big deal. And you don't win a Telly Award by putting out boring, regular content. You run a Telly Award because whatever you have submitted is viewed by an audience of creatives as very creative and very engaging. And to me, that really speaks, number one, of the quality of learning and entertain, learnings and entertainment. But even more importantly, what you can do in the compliance space to be creative and engaging. So taking off your compliance hat and putting back on your creative hat, what would you say a Telly Award means? And is it fair for me to believe that when you guys create something that wins a Telly Award, you really uh, develop something that's creative, but more importantly, it has engaged an audience in a way that perhaps other compliance trainings hasn't done so? Well, I appreciate. I didn't know you were bring that up, and I I do appreciate you uh, you giving me the giving us the props. I'm very proud of of that of the work that we do, and I have the benefit of getting to focus on things that I think are fun, interesting, empathetic, thoughtful. Um, I, I will say, <laughs> in all humility, uh, and this is the the gosh, I, I feel like I'm potentially offending all our audience when we talk here, the bar in compliance tends to be really low. And, and that's a shame. It's a shame. Like, cause we, you know, historically it wasn't, it was all about some of the things I've talked about. It was some historically, it was always about 
like, hey, everybody's got to get trained and everybody's seen the policy and we got to show that they did that. But the, the more that we've this this industry and this function has evolved, we know that that's not good enough because it doesn't work. So, uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah. The bar in compliance is low, but the bar in the tellies is not. Oh, well, thank and you. That's yeah, so. the point that I want people to understand. You can have literally top quality, creative, engaging training uh, in a way that perhaps you hadn't thought of, but in a way that now you guys have shown can be done and can be honored by the top creative evaluators who may not know a compliance from an ethics, but they know engaged creative work. And uh, that's really one of the things that I find so intriguing about what you guys do. You have brought this as high a level of creativity as you can to a topic that many think, oh, really, do I have to? Uh, well, so no, I, I appreciate it. Like, cause yeah, I do. I do love the fact that we're submitting like ethics compliance content in a more broader training and communication space. Um, and, uh, and, and getting some notoriety for that. Uh, and on a custom basis, like we we've submitted on behalf of some of our clients, we've won an award for work we did with BMO and for the fed. And, um, there's some work that we've been doing this year that I'm really proud of that I hope we're going to win next year. Um, and then some for our library content. But one of the things I've been thinking about uh, as a bridge to what you're talking about back to this idea of proactive and preventative is uh, I've been really focusing, uh, honestly, since my second city days, which I thought we did really quality work there with using entertainment and comedy to socialize learning. But what we've been doing in L&E is being much more target about, I'm going to make some content that serves a purpose, a specific purpose. So we won an award for the something we made this past year called Compliance Confess Confessions, Compliance Confessions. And th they were meant as uh, a whole series of 60-second videos that rebrand what compliance means to people. So we're not even getting, so the point is, People don't like the word compliance. They think compliance is the, the office of no and the speed bump and the, and the, the department of rejection and, and, you know, the corporate cops and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is a problem because they're not listening. They're not paying attention. So let's make content that takes that head on and shifts to say, I know you think we're this. Let's have a little bit of a laugh at ourselves and then tell you what we really are. Coaches, advisors, teachers supporters we're here to help and support you so that came campaign is really fun but has a very specific purpose and that'll uh, and because it's 60 to 90 seconds it allows you to um and you can do this of anything like if you think about it like a commercial i made it as a commercial because it what a commercial allows you to do is to show up where people are if you think of like uh, uh where uh, you're where commercials pop up on your phone, when you're scrolling on social media, when you're on the train, you know, ads show up where you are. They don't take up a lot of time and they, they just give you a little piece of information and tell you where to go for more help. So in compliance, that means um, you can appear in another department's newsletter. You can um, be between speakers at an all hands meeting, whether that's live in person or online. You can give it to compliance champions or to a leader and say, hey, play it during your Zoom meeting. 
I was just on a call with a, an organization in the automotive industry and they're, they're like, Hey, we, we don't want to take people off the floor and we get uh, twice a month. They're going to stand in front of a TV monitor for 15 minutes and we can't even get on that. So they're going to start playing our commercials on that to get visibility where they wouldn't normally get visibility. And it's not taking up more time. So I love that that creative came out of fulfilling a specific need. Um, we won our, for our Tales from the Hotline and we won for our ethics compliance training jams. Those are like three to four minutes and they summarize policies. So that serves a different purpose. That serves a purpose of like, oh, we want to do training that's short and impactful, but it does have to train. So we created a three to four minute, quote unquote, burst learning, micro learning that can go in an LMS surrounded by a couple other talking points or can be put in a manager toolkit to train leaders and then have leaders train others. That's kind of where I thought this conversation was going, by the way. Like to me, if I'm starting a program, I do more comms and awareness on speak up culture. And then I train leaders because if leaders undermine what you're doing, it doesn't matter if they pass the test. You know, you focus on training leaders and engaging leaders and empowering leaders and then when you get them on board, then you help them succeed because they're much more closer to their people. You don't, then the, uh, compliance isn't an other. We're like part of the thing, right? And compliance isn't an other. We are in, you know, we should be part of the business. So that means we should be spending our efforts engaging and empowering leaders and then helping them succeed. There's an improv tenant, as I finish this rant, <laughs> there's an improv tenant, which is, when you're on stage performing, your job is to make your partner look good. Don't worry about your ego. Make your partner look good, and they're going to make you look good. So if you make your partners look good, if you make your leaders look good by giving them something short, fun, interesting, and impactful, they will make you look good by not undermining what you're doing, by paying, and they'll pay it forward. You know, Ronnie, I've written a lot of books on compliance and compliance programs, the Compliance Handbook, Best Practices Compliance operationalizing compliance and you just trumped all of them with make it part of the thing. I, I think that's going to be the name of my next book, make it part of the thing. And that yeah, really, and the beauty of that, not only is it correctly sums it up, but it sums it up from your perspective. You'd never hear a lawyer say, make it part of the thing. You probably would never have hear a compliance officer say, make it part of the thing. But you come up here and say, Hey, make it part of the thing. What are you doing here? Uh, and, if, and if that's going to, if that's really what you're saying, make it part of the thing, how can we shift the mindset away from, hey, let's spend 75% of our budget on either detection or worse, investigating after events popped up to moving to, hey, let's spend 75% of our budget on really preventing this. And then we don't have to do investigations or we'll cer certainly detect if it happens, but you know, we've got, we don't have to spend all of this other money and why not think about this? This is the real investment here is preventing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I get, I get that that's not so simple, right? Because uh, you know, there's the old saying like uh, you, you got a bottle and to say, Hey, this prevents elephants. Hey, look, no elephants. Like, you know, like there's, there's a, uh, it's hard to measure 
the specific preventative things that you're doing and their 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 outcomes. Um, but I, so I get that it's not so simple to make that case. I do think it the business case for proactive and preventative is strong and better yet the business case for being entertaining and interesting and sometimes comedic and musical and thoughtful and all you know uh, a pattern disruptor you know the things the, the business case for that is very strong too it it makes behavioral science sense uh it, it makes sense in in every aspect of, of how we spend time in our daily lives you know we're more engaged when things are short and impactful and fun and people learn when things are short impactful and fun so i think uh i think the way to to think about this, to try and sum it, sum it all up is if, if you're stepping back, thinking about your plans for the next year, think about, um, we all know that stopping a problem before it occurs is more, is a more efficient way to mitigate risk. It's more efficient. Um, we know that the idea of psychological safety is important, making people feel safe, uh, so that it's more important that they feel safe and, and so they'll speak out to, speak out to call out problems and be an ally to their neighbors. That's more important than knowing the policy. So that means you need to get higher rotation on promoting speak up culture and psychological safety. So if you need to get higher rotation more, that means more airtime and exposure and more airtime and exposure means to be fun and interesting. So more comms and awareness, less seat time, um, more time on leadership training and packaging stuff for leaders. These are things that are more effective. And then in terms of measurement, measure those things, measure exposure, measure access to policies, measure trust. So that's culture surveys and, and doing that more frequently. Um, uh, measure leadership engagement, um, and then ultimately, you will be uh, you measure more calls to the hotline initially, and then hopefully less over time, and and ultimately that will lead to less time and money spent on investigations and problems. Uh, it just it, to me it just makes good business sense. So, if my advice to you all out there is we have to sort of shift that battleship as you continue to mature. Less check the box, more comms awareness and burst learning, more time on leadership development, and uh, and and. For the love of goodness, be be interesting and thoughtful and 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 positive when you do it. <laughs> Ronnie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but uh, this has been great, and I can't wait to see what we come up with next. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.